Worship. We hear lots about that uh, in churches today. And worship, I, I found a couple statements about it I thought were pretty good. Uh, worship is the overflow of a grateful heart under the sense of a divine favor. That's one statement. And it's a, that statement is teaching us that worship is spontaneous too. Uh, you know, you can be sitting driving in your car. You're probably not really thinking about this when you're stuck on the 401 in traffic. You're going to break out in worship. You're pretty upset at the moment. But the idea is that we can worship the Lord anywhere. You know, and I'm glad that we're doing it here together. It's definitely biblical to come together as a corporate body and worship the Lord. But you can do it anywhere. When you feel that, you know, the idea, hey, the Lord's blessed me. I need to give Him honor and glory for what He's done in my life. I need to praise His name. And He is, isn't He not good? He is great. And He needs to be glorified. And we need to be doing it. In Psalms 45 verse 1, it says, My heart is indicting a good matter. I speak of things which I've made touching the king. My tongue is the pen of a ready writer. My heart is indicting a good matter. The word indicting is not something that we use very much. The idea it means to keep moving. It's, it's, it's used to speak of a boiling pot of water. And uh, the idea that we're bubbling over. Uh, I can remember going on uh, skidoo trips way up in the great uh, northern peninsula, and we would get a pot and boil our water for our mug up or tea and things. And we knew when it was ready because it was boiling over. It, it, it was impossible not to tell. And as David reflected on the glory and majesty of God and, it, and his creation, his word, his salvation, his heart boiled over. You know, he was excited. He was enthusiastic about his worship and the love of the Lord. And so he praised the name of God. You know, and I don't know about you, but I hope there's been times in your heart and in your life you'd be like driving somewhere or you'd maybe you're contemplating something in your, in your living room or in your study, wherever. And you're just like, wow, God is great. God is amazing. And maybe sometimes you're even moved to tears about how God has been so good to you. And there needs to be times like that where we're just saying, Lord, you're marvelous. You're beyond anything we ever desire. So the worship is the overflow of our heart filled from the goodness of God. We see God has been good to us and when we stop to reflect. And I know that where we live in North America, we have so many things around us and we can be distracted so easy. But we need to stop and remember His power. Uh, and I still, I know I've mentioned this numerous times, uh, church family, that God just spoke and the world began. You know, and I told you lots of times I speak and the clean, tell my kids to clean up and I'll hear my voice echoing in the house. You know, the house doesn't immediately be clean. The, the power of God is beyond our imagination. His love, His mercy, His mercy. Just stop there for a moment. His mercy. He's allowed you to live here and allow you to come to a church like this or churches that are represented and you have a place you can worship God. That's the mercy of God and in your own life and that He has brought some along your path to show you the way of salvation. And then there's salvation itself. You know, our hearts should be overflowing. It should be bubbling over. Now, I'm not saying that every time you come to church you need to have that bubbling over. It would be great if you did. But the idea is that we need to have that in our lives because that's true worship. It's not a racket. It's not a racket. It's the still, small voice of God in our hearts, and we give Him praise for what He is. That's what part of what worship is. We need to be doing it all the time. 
It's an outpouring of a soul at rest in the presence of God is another definition I found. The emphasis on the spiritual condition of the worshiper. When you're resting in God, it's a whole lot easier to worship, isn't it? Because that's where you're supposed to be, and when you're there, it's very easy. The, the believer is at peace with God. That's not to say that we're sinless because we're never there, but the reality is that we're trusting in Him, we're growing in Him, we have a conscience of the fact that we need to be growing in our relationship with Him, we're looking to be with Him. They're assured that they're accepted by God because of the relationship with Christ. Look over in Ephesians chapter number 1. Ephesians chapter number 1. To the praise of the glory of, of His grace wherein He hath made us accepted in the Beloved. You know, I never wake up in the morning wondering if I'm still part of the Beloved, if I'm still part of the family. I can praise the Lord for that. I can worship Him in that reality. And, and God sees me as redeemed. I'm justified. I'm, I'm at peace. I'm in the right relationship with Him. The same chapter in verse number three, it says, Blessed be the God and the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who have blessed us with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places in Christ. When, when our walk is right, it's so much easier. It's a natural process when we're in the right place with God to worship Him out of an outpouring of our soul at peace with Him. When we're far from God, it's not easy to true worship, is it? It's not. We need to be at the right place. Worship is the occupation of the heart, not with its occupation of the heart, not with its needs or in its blessings, but just with God Himself. We can get occupied by our needs, can't we? And we really don't have too many. But we can get really occupied by the few needs that we think we need or things that we want. And we forget about God, who He really is. We, we can get praying about, Lord, I want this, or I think I need that, or whatever the case might be. And we're really occupied with ourselves. Not looking to God. Not true worship. I understand there's times in life when you're going to bring those requests to God. And I don't, I'm not saying that's wrong, but sometimes if we don't watch it, we can really go to the other extreme that's all about us. Now, I'm glad you came, some of you. I know uh, we've had a couple churches represented here. And praise the Lord for the folks who showed up at your church. And praise the Lord for the folks who showed up at our church. And I'm glad that someone came. I know some came this morning. and They were blessed. Amen? We were blessed by the preaching this morning. But that shouldn't have been the only reason why you came to church. There should have been a desire in your heart to come to church to worship God. And if the result of worshiping God is that we are blessed, amen, we need to make sure we got the right focus. And so often we can get unfocused, we can get distracted and just say, well, I'm coming for this or I'm coming for that, when we really miss the real reason why we're coming. Or we should be coming. A true, genuine, biblical worship is not about getting anything. It's about us getting lost in God. You know, and I'm not talking about some spiritual mumbo jumbo, where you know, where it's, you know, hands are all over the place and there's people knocking each other over the pew. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about, wow, God, you are amazing. We need those times when we're just in awe. 
We need those times where we say, I, I can't understand all how great God is. Lord, you deserve my worship. You deserve my praise because of how great you are. David was told by Nathan the prophet that God would establish uh, his kingdom and throne forever. Could you imagine uh, someone coming in your office and saying, hey, uh, whoever you are, God's told me that you're, this is, you're going to do this and you're going to have a kingdom forever. And, and David was overwhelmed. I'm going to read for you a few verses in 2 Samuel chapter 7 and verse number 18. Then went King David in and sat before the Lord. And just think about this as we're thinking about this worship, right? So it's not about us, it's about God. So just keep that in mind as we read this portion of Scripture. So he sat before the Lord and he said, Who am I, O Lord God? And what is my house that thou hast brought me hitherto? And this was yet a small thing in thy sight, O Lord God. But thou hast spoken also of thy servant's house for a great while to come. And this is the manner of man, O Lord God. And what can David say more unto thee? For thou, Lord God, knowest thy servant. For thy word's sake, according to thine own heart, hast thou done all these great things to make thy servant known then. Know then. Wherefore, thou art great, O Lord God. There is none like thee, neither is there any God beside thee, according to all that that we have heard with our ears. You know, I get the idea that David gets this message from Nathan. We know he went before the Lord. You know, he sits there and he just basks in the glory of his God. The goodness of his God. That's the essence of true worship, folks. Basking in God, not us. Not individuals, not a family. It's all about God. That's true worship. When we lift Him up. And just think about your own life. When's the last time you basked in the glory and the goodness of God? You've been overwhelmed by His wonder. You've been overwhelmed and praised Him. Well, Pastor, I haven't. Well, you need to. You need to. You need to have the times where you sit back and you just think about what God has done for you. Get out of, you know, school is about to start, right? I know, I'm sorry I brought that up, young people who are after school. Okay? Get out that pen and paper and start writing down what God's done for you. It won't take you long to see how good God's been. Just keep writing it out. Think of everything. Everything. Write it down. Wonderful family. I have a family. I have a good church. Whatever it is, write it down. And then bask, the Lord, you've done this for me. We really can think that we deserve everything, don't we? We can get in that state because that's the world tells us. No, we need to thank God for all that we have. Worship should always be part of our hearts and lives each and every day. Folks, I've had a great time this evening. Praising the Lord together, singing. Uh, we've heard testimonies. We've looked a little bit in God's Word. And that's wonderful. But worship should not just happen on Sunday. Worship should happen every day of your life. You need to be worshiping God. You know, sometimes it, uh, maybe it's that song uh, that you really love, and maybe your day's really horrible, and you just get in your car, and you maybe it's on your phone, you plug it in, and you just belt it out going down the 401. 
I've done that. If you've ever heard a racket on the 401, okay, it's probably me. Just, I mean, I got, you have to do that, folks. Praise the Lord for what He's done. And maybe it's time where you're just quiet in your, in your study, in your room, wherever it is, and just contemplate what God has done. Let your worship be an example and testimony. These young people talked about how they know that they're an example or should be an example to those younger than them. And they're absolutely correct, aren't they? So let us be examples of worship. Let's be an example. And talk about it with your, your children if you have a family. In the way, as you drive to places, God's been good to us. Hey, our kids need to hear that. That God has been good to us. God has done this or God has done that. We need to hear it. They need to see example of true worship from mom and dad, from someone in the church. Show them true worship. All true worship begins with God. Begins with Him. Because it's focused upon Him. You know, the young people came and gave testimony. And I want to give a testimony about how God's been so good to us. You know, this is our, my first summer as the pastor, almost the first full year here. And it's been busy, but boy, God has been faithful. Amen? He's been taking care of us. Uh, I think of, uh, of our ranch day, even though it got rained out, it was a great day. Yeah, we didn't have as many as usual, but the Lord blessed us, had a great day. Uh, with Evangelist Allen, it was great. Uh, health program, we heard about our young people, and I know some other older folks, adults went as well. Uh, they were encouraged. I know Brother Raymond got to lead a couple of folks to Jesus Christ. Praise the Lord for that. Our camp ministry, there was lots of folks in our church this year who went to camp yes to help out. And I know there was over almost 350 kids who went to camp this summer. Hey, every week there was someone from our church there ministering and helping 350 kids. That's wonderful. Praise God for that. You know, and so, and so many other things that have been going on and involved with. I'm so thankful for folks in our church who've gone out on Sunday mornings and invited people to come in. We've led people to the Lord on the driveway out here. Praise the Lord. If you can't get excited if someone gets saved, come talk to me after. We'll have a chat. And people got saved. Hey, this summer we prayed for folks to get saved. I asked you to specifically pray for my uncle to get saved, and he got saved. Praise the Lord. The Lord answers prayer. We need to give Him the honor and glory for it. Now, this last week, last Sunday, we baptized five young people and four more folks joined our church. Praise the Lord for that. Lift His name up. Uh, we made that uh, our goal this year getting 10,000 pieces of literature out from our church, from out of our doors into people's hands, and we're getting pretty close now. Getting pretty close. And we've been able to send uh, uh, tracks uh, all around our neighborhood in Malton and Mississauga and Brampton and different places. Uh, today in the CNE, there's tracks that we got for the CNE uh, with Brother Bianchi. They're getting handed out. We, we sent tracks to Holland. For Brother Stan Camps, we sent uh, some tracks went last week uh, to the Philippines. Hey, praise the Lord uh, that we get to have an impact in the lives of people in all kinds of places. I can honestly say, as I stand here this evening, I am blessed beyond measure that I'm your pastor. Now, this time last year, we were edging closer to that uh, that vote and then the vote at the end of September. Uh, and you call me to be your pastor. I am blessed. I am humbled. But praise God for us. It's not of me. It's not of you. It's of God. 
And we need to give him the honor and glory for it every step of the way.